Welcome to Postscript, the American Society for Pharmacy Laws podcast. My name is Henry Hine, and I'll be your host here today. The American Society for Pharmacy Law is ASPL. We have an annual conference in the fall entitled Developments in Pharmacy Law. We focus with presenters, experts, and speakers providing the latest and most important developments in pharmacy law each and every year. We have over two dozen speakers presenting this year at the conference in San Antonio, Texas. The conference is being held November 2 through 5. Uh, we have featured speakers this year. We have Arkansas Lieutenant Governor Leslie Rutledge and Al Carter, Executive Director, National Association of the Boards of Pharmacy. All are welcome at our conference. Attendees of the conference can receive up to 15 hours of CE in pharmacy, up to 15 hours of CE in law, and if you'd like both, you can get both 15 hours in both pharmacy and law. Registration for the conference can be found at ASPL.org. In this podcast series, we feature a few of the conference speakers with two goals in mind. First, we'd like to enlarge upon their background. That is to say, uh, when you have an agenda for speakers, there's a little paragraph there. Um, here we give an opportunity to our guest to go ahead and tell us uh, where they are now in their career and how they've gotten there. Secondly, we'd like to get a tidbit, a little bit, about their presentation coming up at the conference. Today, we are honored to have Marty Lane come and speak to us. Marty, are you there? I am. Marty is uh, going to present, I, th- I see the title here, Emerging Pharmacy Practice Innovation, a Regulatory and Legal Obstacle Course. Wow, that's always a, an important topic there. But before we get to it, Marty, would you like to elaborate where are you now in your career and how have you gotten there? Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Henry. I appreciate the opportunity um, not only to do this, but also to speak at ASPL. I'm excited. It's our Super Bowl in terms of learning about what's going on in pharmacy regulation and being having a chance to network with um, with other individuals in the space. So always excited to go to ASPL. My background, really quickly, I'm an attorney and I tried that for about seven years, had my own firm and uh, went well enough, but didn't really find it very satisfying. So I took a career pivot back in 2005 and found myself as the executive director of the Indiana Board of Pharmacy. Did that for a bit, learned quite a bit over almost three and a half years. Was general counsel for the Indiana Professional Licensing Agency. So I ended up with 36 boards, Henry, and trying to figure out what medical boards were doing and nursing boards along with pharmacy was, well, and manufactured home installers too, right? So I kind of spread myself a little bit thin, but had a chance to play around at the state house quite a bit on a number of issues as I was the legislative liaison for the agency and learned a lot over there too. So I had the courthouse and state house and the and the board of pharmacy as a little bit of background in terms of, of my experience, and then eventually found my way to the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy, where I spent nine years running a few different departments. And my last job, which will segue nicely to this, was helping them stand up the NABP's first uh, consulting arm. And so NABP was identify a way to support folks that were going through their accreditations. And so they, uh, myself and and I guess me, I guess initially, we we stood up a, a consulting arm there. 
went well. We expanded the service really outside of what NAVP, I think, had expected. And and as a result, since we kind of morphed and changed so much, I said, hey, guys, why don't I just go ahead and, and buy the company from you? So I'm the co-founder with uh, Logan Macy, who's our COO, and I'm the CEO of Real Solutions Group. And here we are now. We do regulatory compliance consulting for drug supply chain and pharmacy. That runs the gamut from supporting you around all facets of licensing, accreditation, inspection prep, and regulatory tracking and several other things that we'll do temperature mapping as well, Henry. We really run the gamut in terms of, of our support to our clients. And those clients are Fortune 500 companies. They are law firms. Um, typically, that's around changes of ownership. And we have smaller to mid-size organizations, too, that we support as well. So that also runs the, runs the gamut. So that's what we do now. Wow. It's always nice to hear how you got to where you are. Um, it's such a unique area, pharmacy and then law too, and different people have those different career paths. And it sounds like you guys are providing great service right now. A nice little niche there. Um, and so that, let, let's go ahead and bring us up to uh, your presentation coming up here at the conference. Um, it's uh, you know talking about pharmacy practice innovation and this legal obstacle course. What can you tell us? Well, I mean, so it's really interesting. We get all kinds of the phone calls, you know, daily from different organizations and individuals that have an entrepreneurial, you know, intent and are trying to do something distinct in the space. And and that's really specific to telehealth and some of the, the novel ways care is being delivered. And, and I think everybody knows what the, the larger organizations are doing from large retail to um, you know, to large mail order and PBMs and, and so on. But but maybe they don't always hear about folks that are just trying to get into the space and what obstacles they face, back to that title, right, in, in, in terms of trying to get off the ground. And so we've got some really interesting, frankly, they're, it's mostly an anecdote-based presentation, right? It's like, here's what we see, here are the challenges that our, you know, that our clients face or, you know, certain stakeholders in the in the space face when it comes to to getting a new novel business off the ground. I mean, you know, I've got an idea. That's great. Well, you're talking about a space that's probably overregulated. I would probably put pharmacy and drug supply chain in that category. So if you have an have a really interesting idea from, you know, we have physicians and, and you know, VC support, different types of entrepreneurial stakeholders are coming in. They may not know this space very well. And sometimes it's a challenge to always tell them, no, maybe you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, yes. but yes. Uh, at the same time too, they're coming, the, the approach Henry is always seemingly around, especially folks that don't know the space, maybe as well as others, they want to be the Uber of whatever they're trying to accomplish, right? Sure. Sure. They're entrepreneurs, but uh, they're kind of used to a lot of no's as they try to do something, at least they're supposed to be, but you got to tell them some big no's here in pharmacy regulation. Hey, yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough, but you also want to help them navigate it, right? So it's not just about saying no, it's about finding you know, where the answers are. And I know a really simple example is non-spensing pharmacies or, or MTM only pharmacies that are supporting typically healthcare plans. Um, and uh, the patient population within those those plans, right? And so if you said today, how many states require that type of business model to hold a pharmacy license and not just a pharmacist license to provide services into a state, we can tell you that there are 15 out of the 50 that say you must have a license 
as a pharmacy. As a pharmacy, right? Which is yes. interesting. There are 14 more that will issue you a license. Now, they do that typically because maybe you, you have a structure where you want to have the pharmacy supporting into a state and, and not have each individual pharmacist hold, hold a license depending on their licensure requirements and their, their pick requirements and so on. And so about, so about half the country will essentially issue a pharmacy license. But then we have the rest of the, you know, the, the rest of those 25 plus states and territories in D.C. that may not require it or, or won't issue and actually, for the most part, most will issue if you really kind of wrestle them to the ground a little bit and say, "Wait, and we need this." And so that number actually gets up pretty high. In fact, I think you know it's it's probably closer to forty to, to 40, 43 that will, in fact, you can get a license from them. But sometimes they don't even realize what they license, and so we have clients coming to us saying, "Well, I got a license from these," and then we'll do a change of ownership, and they'll take another peek at it, and they'll look at the business description and say, "Oh, we shouldn't have ever issued that to begin with." So just imagine, like, yeah, imagine yeah, wow. being in the space and trying to navigate this because the whole time sure. we're trying to figure out, hey, what am I supposed to do? And am I going to get in trouble if I do it? Well, and we do find in our organization, um, you know, you have pharmacists that might be frustrated where they are now, you know, mid-level career, they want to move on, and here you are helping uh, them to, if they have a vision, they want to try to go do something, you can help them get there. So it's, you know, it sounds like a great presentation to have at the conference. Yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to present, talk about some of the anecdotes that we've seen um, over the last the last several years in the space, and uh, I think it'll be a, a fun presentation. We also, my, my partner on this is Ed McGinley. He's an NABP press president. He's the uh, former president of the New Jersey Board of Pharmacy. He's also a pharmacist, of course, as well, and he's going to really get into the nitty-gritty around scaling some of these operations, and so we're excited to have him as a part of our two-person panel. Sure, sure. So uh, great. We're, we're coming towards the, uh, uh, again, the title of the presentation, Emergency Pharmacy Practice Innovation, a Regulatory and Legal Obstacle Course. We're great and honored to have you come and speak on this and help people understand and, and move them along. Um, moving along here, um, would you like to provide any of your contact information? Uh, should anybody want to try to reach you, you know, LinkedIn or email, phone? Um, would you like to do that? Yeah, sure. And so our website is realsolutionsgroup.co, not .com, .co. And I can be reached at marty at realsolutionsgroup.co. And uh, our pleasure to help out anybody who's got a question about regulatory compliance for pharmacy and drug supply chain. Well, uh, Marty, it's, it's an honor to have you come here on Postscript. And we appreciate your time. And I want to thank our listeners uh, for listening to Postscript. It's the American Society for Pharmacy Law's podcast. Our fall conference is Development in Pharmacy Law. It's November 2 through 5 in San Antonio, Texas. To see the agenda of the conference and or register for the conference, please go to ASPL.org. This is Henry Hine, your host, and we thank you for listening.